Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Now, and ivory, it's together in perfect harmony, side by side on my piano, keyboard, oh, All right, you got his own band. Check him out. I know you don't smoke weed. I know this. But I'm going to get you high today. Because it's Friday. You ain't got no job, and you ain't got shit to do. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll, and it's Friday. So pump it up, pump it up, pump it up. Here we go with the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, this big envelope got slipped under my door this morning. On it, it said, do not bend. I wondered to myself, how am I going to pick it up? Thank you. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, I told that one of my kids. They went, Dad, that's such a dad joke. I'm like, no, uh, that's a Duff joke. <laughs> Thanks to Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Duff McKagan uh, from Guns N' Roses, of course, for delivering the laughs every single Friday. Uh, he is getting ready for the headlining tour of Europe that they are doing, but he's still taking time to call our little show with his little ridiculous dumb jokes. Uh, lots of laughs from Duff. And speaking of laughs every Friday, how about Chris Tucker? On the show today. Isn't that good? Good little segue there. We're talking about The Last. We're talking about Friday, his breakout role with Ice Cube. We're talking about the Rush Hour trilogy with Jackie Chan. And, of course, his great cameo with Samuel L. Jackson in Tarantino's Jackie Brown. Chris was also great friends with Michael Jackson. Spent a lot of time at the Neverland Ranch before Michael died. You'll hear how they met and how Chris found out about MJ's passing. And, of course, we're talking stand-up. What inspires Chris Tucker? The influence that Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor had on him. And why he still loves doing stand stand-up comedy to this day and you know i asked about the possibility of rush hour four which i believe is happening you hear what uh, chris has to say about that chris tucker is coming up chris tucker's friday rush hour show see what i did there combine the two uh also coming up is the next leg of fozzy's judas rising tour actually it's all over the place uh, we are going to be on the road all summer long in multiple multiple countries for all the dates vip meet and greets and ticket information uh, go to fozzyrock.com uh there's 
so much cool stuff happening at our VIP meet and greets. We do a, a mini concert for all the fine people uh, that come to the shows, do a couple covers, do a couple songs you're not going to hear later on that night, all the hits, everything you like. Then we meet you, we greet you, we hang out. Uh, all of that information at FozzyRock.com. But the summer starts July 12th in Oshkosh at Rock USA, 13th at the Kadot Rock Fest in Kadot, Wisconsin, or is it Kadot? I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm Canadian, so I'm not sure. 14th is Peoria Riverfront in uh, Peoria. 15th, Belvedere, Illinois at the uh, Apollo Theater. And then we head over to Europe at the Pheasant Festival in Hungary on the 26th of July. Prague is on the 27th. 28th, the Rock of Ages Festival in Seebron, Germany. 29th, headlining show at Zurich, Switzerland. Uh, the 31st, Rock Planet in Italy. Pinarella di Serbia. Uh, uh, August 1st in Slovenia. August 3rd, Wacken, August 4th, Berlin, Germany, August 6th, Bochum, Germany, August 7th, Aschaffenburg, uh, August 9th, Leendes de Rock Festival in Alicante, Spain, the 11th is the Alcatraz Festival in Belgium, the 12th, Bloodstock in Canton Park uh, in Trent, Derbyshire, we're going to be playing that, so all of those shows and ticket information at FozzyRock.com, and then we come back to the United States for the Judas Rising Tour, the next leg, August 24th, it starts in Atlanta, Georgia, we're taking out Adelita's Way, Stone Broken and The Stir. Uh, the Stir will be on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at sea. Go to uh, FozzyRock.com for all those dates in the States. Tickets are on sale now. We're heading everywhere. We're going to Huntsville, Clarksville, Tennessee, Little Rock, Minneapolis, Fargo, Columbus, Ohio, Cincinnati, uh, Huntington, West Virginia, Tampa, Orlando. So many shows. I think there's 25 shows. I'm not going to list them all here. So go check that out. And we're also doing the Rock Allegiance show in Camden, New Jersey on October 6th. Lots of Fozzy Rock coming up. But in the meantime in between time let's have some laughs with chris tucker on talk is jericho right here right now it's the friday rush hour let's go man that's right lee for the last three years i have studied the ancient teachings of buddha earning two black belts in wushu martial arts spending every afternoon at the hong kong guard massage ball on pico and bundy i am half chinese baby if you half chinese i'm half black i'm your brother and i'm fly you down with that snoopy that's dope isn't it sorry lee you can't be black there's a height requirement same as riding a metal horn so we're here with, uh, with Chris Tucker, and this is great because this is actually where you went to high school. Yeah. Columbia High School. Columbia High, yep. So is that like nine? See, I'm from Canada, so we say grade nine to grade 12. Was it freshman to? Eighth to 12th grade. Eighth to 12th grade. Yeah, eighth to 12th grade. So yeah. go through it with me, though. So ninth is freshman. Yeah. Ten is? Well, no, uh, well is eighth that? is, uh, what is that? Freshman? What I think that? nine is freshman. S- sub? Oh, yeah, eighth is sub. Sub? I think, yeah, it was sub. Like, they used to go, what's up, sub? They used to talk about us. <laughs> okay, so eighth is sub, ninth is freshman. It's freshman, yeah, and then... Ten is what? Sophomore? Sophomore, sophomore and then senior, yeah. Sophomore, junior, and senior. Yeah, so, yeah. So that always, that always make, I don't understand. Like, junior sounds like it's not as important as sophomore. Sophomore yeah. sounds like, you know, you're in the Army or something. It, yeah. should, be, it should be the second last one. Yeah, yeah, that, it should that be. Was my, uh, All I remember is seniors. I'm about to get out of here. So <laughs> I was so, like, oh, we got this last one. So this, but this, um, this library was here, like you actually, do you remember being in here in high school? I never came in the library. I don't know if it was here or not. <laughs> I was in uh, the principal's office. I thought yeah. I was in trouble when I was walking down the hall. <laughs> I was like, oh, Lord, I'm in trouble again. Everything came back. So I never really came. They, you know, they moved stuff around. I'm pretty sure it might have been in the, you know, in the vicinity Something somewhere. Yeah. So, but when you came here today, is this the first time you've been back since 
I've so been back before, but it's been years. It's okay. been years. Uh, so it's every time I go, come in, it's just like uh, it, just, it feels good. You know? It's funny because I went back to my high school a couple of years ago, and I couldn't believe how small it was. Yeah, yeah, the lockers, right? everything looks small. Like man. So. When, when you're a kid, you, it's huge. You know, yeah. it's your world. You come back, it's like, oh my gosh, this is my high school. Yeah. Like, it's the smallest ever. Yeah, you know? yeah. When I went back to my elementary school, I was like, man, how did we even fit in here? It <laughs> yeah. was like, everything was small, but yeah, everything looks small and tight. But you're right, it was a big world back then. Did you get in trouble ever? Like, what kind of a what kind of a student were you in school? I was, yeah, I was. Uh, I got in a lot of trouble. Not not a lot of trouble. I just was having, you know, I wanted to make things fun. Mm -hmm. You know, man, and you know, the class was boring, and we would tell jokes that I would say something and then we would have some fun and the teacher would be like, calm down, calm down. So sometimes a lot of, it was boring most of the time. So yeah, I yeah. wanted to keep it, keep were it light. Were you like light. the class clown? I was kind of like the class clown. I was mm -hmm. like, you know, just wanted to keep it fun. And uh, But it was a lot of class clowns, you know. I was just one of them. You <laughs> know, in high me? school, it was a couple of, all my boys was funny. And yeah, all yeah. of them had jokes and all of them would do something and calling the teacher by his first name, stuff like that. And, and Which all, now is like a little bit more, like, I don't think you're allowed to do that like in high school. Yeah, you can't But when you that. go to like college, you're supposed to call them by their first names, right? Oh, I, I didn't go to college. So okay. I so, yeah. I remember like, you know, the, the first, I went to like, uh, it was called uh, like uh, Creative Communication. So it was like journalism school. Mm -hmm. And the first time when the guy was like, yo, don't call me Mr. Johnson, you call me Jim. <laughs> yeah. We're, this isn't teacher student. We're all on the same level. If you don't show up for class, I don't give a shit. I'm Jim, and I was like, okay, Jim, calm down. You know, right? <laughs> so, did you have like any teachers in school that you remember that were cool or that were kind of jerks? Or? Well, 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 you couldn't call him by his first. You know, I used to, we used to call the Wood Tech guy uh, by his first name. We used to call him Silas, and he would act. He would be pissed off. He would turn around. Who said that? Who said that? Who called me that? Who that? And we'd be everybody would be like. Well, no, we was, we was working, you know, so it was so much fun. But everybody was, they was, they were, I had all great teachers, thank God. They were all, they mm -hmm. really wanted me to learn. They really wanted me to get out of school. They didn't want to see me no, no more, and I didn't want to see them anymore. So <laughs> they really wanted me to keep going and, and get out of school. So all of them were, was, was great, even though they were kind of hard on me at times. Yeah. But I needed it. So sure, it sure, great. sure. Did you know when you were in high school what you wanted to do? With your I life? found I was I was blessed. I found out at an early age that I wanted to be I wanted to be a comedian because mm -hmm. uh, you know I was class comedian, class clown, but uh, you know going on stage is a whole nother thing. You know you have to put it in art form. form. So uh, one time I went to the principal's office. It was on the third hall, and uh, the third hall uh, principal's secretary. She was over the talent show, uh, and she said they was paying like thirty dollars to to host a talent show. They was looking for a host to host yeah. talent shows for $30. So I wanted that $30. And I, and I, and I, was, I was interested in, in hosting, too. You know, you know, I was already thinking about stand-up comedy because I grew up watching Richard Pryor mm -hmm. and Eddie Murphy. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this may be a way to get into, you know, stand-up comedy and then maybe acting one day. So I told her I would do it. And she knew I was kind of, you know, because I was always in the office, always getting into some, you know, trouble. So she said, well, we'll give you $30. Are you going to host it? I said, yeah, because they had music acts. They was really focusing on the... The music acts, they weren't focusing on the hosts and the comedian mm -hmm, and all that mm -hmm. stuff. That was whatever. We just want somebody to bring the music acts up, right. which was Silk, one of the big uh, stars. They were a big R&B group. Yeah, uh, they went to school here? Yeah, they went to school here, wow. and I, I brought them on stage. And MC Shy D, uh, big-time rapper at the time, and a lot of other uh, great guys. Pretty talented came school. Pretty big, yeah. 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 Yeah, and a lot of they came from all over the the state and mm -hmm. all over the county. So, and then I was, you know, I went up went up on stage, told my first joke, and uh, and everybody started laughing. And I said, "This is what I want to do the rest of my life." Do you remember what that joke was? 
I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something to do with the school. Yeah. Like I said, something like uh, the toilets don't work, the bathrooms don't work, something like that, or we got roaches or something crazy. Like, like, ah. And they was like, oh, yeah, we, it was something that everybody knew about. Uh-huh. And I hit, hit a chord and... Um, that was my career Slams started right. right then and there. You mentioned that you were a Richard Pryor fan and an Eddie Murphy fan. Yeah. I think we're very similar ages. That, that Eddie Murphy uh, delirious cassette yeah. is yeah. still like anybody from our generation knows that. Oh, yeah. That whole routine, that whole, all that material. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It, it's amazing because you, like, there's not like there's still comedy albums in this day and age, mm-hmm. but from the early 80s, if whatever, everybody had that. Yeah, yeah, you that's know? true. My, my, the, my friend up the street, uh, a family uh, friend up the street, he had the tape of it. Yeah. Because I think he got HBO first. He said we got HBO first, but I think he got it some kind of way. And we was like, he brought it down and we watched it. And he had that uh, red suit on. Yeah. He was like, man, suit, where you right? get this from? He had a leather suit. And he was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, we got it. I got it. And I said, oh, man, it just, ever since then, it was just like, you know, I was I learned. Hooked. I learned a lot from that. Like, you know, yeah. I grew up, like I said to you earlier, in, in you know, suburban Winnipeg, Canada. Mm-hmm. And I remember I wasn't really familiar with what welfare was. I didn't <laughs> really know. But when the kid... Drops the ice cream and is like, you dropped your ice cream. Oh, yeah. You're on the welfare. You can't afford it. And I was like, what is welfare, Dad? Yeah. So <laughs> thanks, Eddie, for teaching me about welfare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't have no ice cream. You didn't get none. You didn't get none. You didn't get none. You didn't get none. Cause you are on the welfare. And you can't afford it. You can't afford it. You can't afford it. Did you, throughout the years, have you had a chance to, to meet Eddie? And, and oh, yeah, work yeah. I'm, all, I'm friends with him. I just saw him last week really? up at his house in, um, in um, Beverly Hills. And I'm, I'm, he knows I'm still a big fan, you know. Sure. We, we hang out, and now we're like buddies now. So it's, 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 it's great growing up watching somebody and now and becoming friends with them. And, yeah. Um, that's you know, a pretty it's, cool it's, feeling. It's a really great Someone feeling. that was like your hero, and then you end up you know, not yeah. texting with them all the time. Michael Jackson, who can sing, and is a good-looking guy, but ain't the most masculine fellow in the world. <laughs> See, but that's, that's Michael's hooks, his sensitivity. Mike walk up to girls on the stage, be in the audience, he say, is it all right if I come down there and sing to you? <laughs> and the women go, ah! Can I come down there? Then if you if you don't scream, Micah get real sensitive and cry on your ass. <laughs> if you hear that record, she's out of my life, Michael go. So I've learned that love's not possession. And I've learned love won't Love needs expression, but I learned to Tito, get me some tissue. <laughs> Jermaine, stop teasing. Do you ever talk to Eddie about comedy? Like, does he ever allude to wanting to do that ever again, do you think? Uh, yeah, we talk all the time, and uh, I think he's, he's definitely... Uh, one day he may do it again, I think. Um, I was like, if he did that, I would love for him to do it again. If he did that Delirious tour, like just like, let's say he just oh, did it like, a, like just some of that and took it on the tour. Yeah. 
yeah. arena size, right? Definitely, man. Yeah, he he he, he still got it. Mm-hmm. You don't lose it. You just gotta uh, work it. You know, it's like I'm, golf. You gotta get on the stage and, and yeah, work practice. It. Yeah. How yeah. about you? Do you do you still do stand up? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on Return tour. To it, right? yeah. Oh yeah, I've been touring for the last uh, I don't know how many years, uh, 10, 10 years or something like that. Maybe twelve. But uh, I'll never, I never stop doing it. I mm. always tour and always do stand-up comedy. Um, you know, I, I, I accidentally got away from it when I was doing movies. Right. Constantly, I didn't have enough time. But now I got a lot of time to uh, get on stage and tour around the country. And I, I toured out of the country, uh, around the world. So I'm just, I love it. Because you became such a huge movie star. And a lot of comedians, when they do that, like Eddie Murphy or Bill Murray or Steve Martin or all those type of guys, Robin Williams, yeah. he came back a few times, but they kind of drop out of stand-up comedy for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you know, sometimes when the, the movie stuff or TV stuff kicks off, it takes up all your time, and it kind of that's what happened to me. My movie career kind of uh, shot, you know, out of the box, and um, I was doing, you know, doing a lot of movies back to back. So to stand up, I just didn't have enough time, and I kind of, you know, got away from it. But now. It's like, you know, that's what got me to the movies, and mm-hmm. I realized that, so that's why I'm going to continue to always work, get on a stage whenever I can, you know, go to the local comedy clubs. I was just in L.A., went to the comedy store, and went to another club called the Ha Ha's, and mm-hmm. then I love it. You know, it's like the old days, you know, just staying love, up all night in comedy clubs, you know. I love the name of the clubs, Ha Ha's. Oh, yeah, yuck, comedy yucks. store, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those great ones. Laugh out loud, all types of, <laughs> yeah. But there's something to be said, like, um, performing in front of a live audience. Yeah. Whether there's 10 people there or, or 10,000, however big it gets. Oh, yeah. Because when you're filming movies, you don't get that gratification. Yeah. When yeah. It's very long, tedious days, right? Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like, it's it's right, you know, something, you know, being live is, 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 is magical, man, because stuff can happen. Uh, you can ask somebody a question in, in the audience, and that may take you to another something, you know, joke or something you want to talk about, and then... Uh, Somebody might yell something out or, you know, you might have to find something to talk about what's going on right, you know, right then and there in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's great. Uh, live live is, is, is always better, you know. What do you do? Like, do you ever people heckle you? Do you ever have hecklers? Oh, yeah, you get a little bit of all of it. You get people uh, want to talk and ask you a question in the middle of your show and say stuff. But, you know, you just have to handle them because mm-hmm. you got the mic, you yeah. know. You, you know, you take care of it, you know. If you got the mic, you always got the upper hand. You always right? got the upper hand, man. You always got the upper hand. <laughs> you gotta, but you got to be prepared. Make yeah, sure yeah, you're prepared. Yeah, sure. yeah. Let's talk about, about, about your movie career because, obviously, Rush Hour, just three of the biggest movies of the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, thank you. But it started out, the first time I saw it was Jackie Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jackie with Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Uh, that was a great cameo uh, with Sam Jackson. Mm-hmm. And um, You got put in the trunk? Yeah, they... they <laughs> Sam Jackson killed me in the trunk, man, <laughs> yeah. that movie. I don't know why. But uh, that was that was a great opportunity to work with Quentin Tarantino and Sam Jackson. And then I got my first starring role uh, with Fridays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did yeah, a yeah. co-star with Ice Cube. Right. And, man, I, that was my shot. You know, I knew it was going to be my shot to get into the movie business in a big way. I need to borrow your car right quick. What kind of shit is that? Most people want to borrow sugar. They even ketchup. You want to borrow my car? Hell No. Come on. Well, let me borrow a joint. You need to borrow a job with your broke ass. Always trying to smoke up somebody's shit. Then hell on, Felicia. Come on, remember that. Remember it. Write it down. Take a picture. I don't give a f. Quick. Bye, Felicia. So I made sure I was prepared and, um, you know, all the, all the, 
times in the comedy clubs and all the shows in the comedy clubs and all the shows on the road touring, you know, all mm -hmm. those things paid off, you know, with my improvisation, uh, you know, with that movie, you know, coming up with stuff on the set, on the spot, uh, because it was a, a movie that, you know, it was a low budget movie pretty much. It cost like $2 million to do. And, um, you know, they really wanted me to, uh, you know, come up with a lot of stuff and really relied on the characters and stuff like that. So that was a fun one to do because I, I was allowed to do whatever, you know, to to do whatever, be physical and uh, just do all, all so the you things had the, I So you had the, uh, the right to just improv if you wanted to? Yeah. So yeah. Would, was it like, do you do like five takes of the same scene with different jokes each time? Yeah, you know, and we didn't have a lot of money, so the director said, uh, F. Gary Gray, who just did the big uh, Fast and Furious movies mm. and uh, Straight Outta Compton, he said, you know, we only got two takes because we don't have a bunch of money. You, we got you know, we only got a certain amount. That's when everybody was shooting on film. Mm -hmm. So we only got two takes. So I just had two times to get it right. So I had to be prepared, had to be ready. And if you don't get it in two times, they move on because we didn't have enough money to stay there all day long. Like we, when we did Rush Hour, we could f do it 50 times, 50 right. takes. So, so yeah, we had to be ready. It was only, you know, we only had $2 million. It only took 20 days to shoot. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm most proud of because I was prepared. I was ready, and then people considered it a classic. And, um, well, you know, it's just become yeah. a total classic. Yeah, yeah, you know, so it's pretty How cool, many, yeah. has there been three now, Fridays? Uh, three, yeah. Three? three. Is, there, are they, is there another one? They want to do another one, and the fans want another one, so they, everybody's on me, like, are you going to do another one? you going to do another one? So I said, I don't know. I didn't even hear about it. I didn't even hear about it. It was a rumor <laughs> out that everybody wanted another one. So yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens, So When you're talking about having the right to improv with... F. Gary Gray, F. Gary. yeah. With Tarantino, it's not that way. It's, it's more specific, say what's on the page type of a vibe. Yeah, he's so good. Uh, Quentin, the way he writes, he writes so good, you you want to say what he says because mm -hmm. it it's so natural. It just rolls off your uh, tip of your tongue. Mm -hmm. So uh, his writing skills are so great. So I, I almost verbatim said, you know, in Jackie Brown, the movie, I said verbatim what he wrote mm -hmm. because it was so good and it was uh, so into characters. Mm -hmm. And so... Working with writer, writer directors like him, David O. Russell, um, Luke Basson, who I did Fifth Element with. Those Amazing, guys are just yeah. great, you know, to work with because they know exactly what they want and they'll tell you, uh, you know, exactly what they want. That was a great movie too, Fifth Element. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah it was a lot really of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of fun doing that one. Uh, you know, the character putting on all the clothes and the hair, the makeup, everything. It was scary because I was mm -hmm. such a young kid, and I was like, "Oh man, this is this is way out there." But that's one of my favorite fa favorite roles. Was that one before that. Rush Hour? That was before Rush Hour. We filmed that in '96. Came out in '97, gotcha. and this year is the 20th anniversary of mm. Fifth Element. So. Uh, yeah, I went. We just saw it last week in uh, LA outside at a big screening, and and uh, Mila Mila Jovovich was there, and it was, mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun. Lot Still of fun. hot. Yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah, <laughs> she is. But now let's talk about Rush Hour with Jackie Chan. Like, obviously, I was a huge Jackie Chan fan in the '80s, early '90s. Uh, Rumble in the Bronx, yeah. which is great. They filmed it in too. Vancouver. You can totally tell. Yeah. There's not too many mountains oh, in the Bronx. Right. Yeah, yeah, they sure did. Yeah. But it seemed like Rush Hour was his finally his big coming out party in the yeah. States here and this pairing with you. When did you start hearing about that? Did you know Jackie Chan's work? Yeah. How did that all come to be? I had I had Rumble in the Bronx on Laserdisc. Yeah. I had it on <laughs> DVD. I had it on uh, a VH, uh, the VHS, other one, yeah. Yeah, VHS. So I was a big fan, and I and I just thought he was the coolest. The stuff he did was was nobody else did it in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, he was uh, he was like Bruce Lee, you know, but on another level with what he did with the comedy on the comedy side. Mm -hmm. So when, I, when the opportunity came uh, that that I could do a movie with him, you know, with New Line Cinema. 
I was like, yeah, it'd be perfect because I could do action and I could do comedy because I'm very physical. So it was just like, um, you know, a blessing, man, that both of us came together at that time because uh, nobody never seen a Asian guy and a black guy together. You saw <laughs> Lethal Weapon. You saw black guy and white guy. You saw uh, 48 Hours. You saw black and white. It was always black seen, and white. Yeah. It was always black and white. We've never seen Asian and black. So for me, it was like perfect combination to to uh, play off of the different cultures, to play off the physicality of of uh, everything and fight scenes and, and my comedy, improvisation stuff. I thought it was uh, the perfect opportunity to, to Was there to a lot something. of improv with him as well? A he's lot of it. got a, a great of sense of humor. Wah, hoo, yeah. What is it good for? Absolutely not. You know, name by no war. Everybody knows war. Who? Yeah. What it is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Good guy, you all. It ain't you all, it's y'all. 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 You sound like a karate movie. Y'all. Y'all. Say it from right here with some soul. Y'all. 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 He was so great to follow whatever I was doing. It was like a lot of that stuff was just off, off script and Whatever I did, he just followed me. If I danced, Jackie would just follow. He would move when I, when I moved. Uh, so that's what made it so great. He was such a great uh, mimic. Mm -hmm. uh, and, then it, and then the action he did, you know, he just, I was mimicking him. He would pull me and swing me and, and kick. And he would tell me, kick, jump. And I would, because I didn't know none of that. And it was unbelievable. You became an, an action hero. I became an action hero. In yeah. a lot of ways, right? He made me, yeah, he sure did. So yeah. when you're talking about those fight scenes and, and the stunts and the choreography, does Jackie do a lot of that stuff still? at that point in time? He still did it, yeah. Mm -hmm. He still does it, and Jack, he's just incredible. He's in great shape even now, but back then he was doing all of it. He was jumping off of stuff and jumping on stuff, and, you know, I had to do it too because he wanted me to do it. You know, if I'm doing it, you need to do it too so we can keep it real. And I was like, okay, all right. So, yeah, he was, he was the real, he's the real deal. So. so tell us about some of the stunts that you did, like some of the fight scenes, like stuff that you had to do. Well, I jumped on and off some bus because I was all into it because I knew I was going to, you know, I was, had to be ready because uh, he was, you know, he was Jackie Chan. So the fight scenes in Rush Hour 1, we was up in the uh, top of the restaurant and the guy kicked me and I said, which one of y'all kicked me? I did all that and I didn't get hurt. Only, only thing I got, I got a rug burn on my back because Jackie <laughs> pulled me and I was like, ah. So the only thing that happened was a rug burn. Uh, uh, but I did all the fight scenes we did and flipping me over and all that stuff and hanging off of uh, some wires and stuff like that. Mm. And uh, we did all that stuff. So, mm. yeah, it was good. It's funny, you're a stand up comedian and now you're hanging on wires. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we sure, yeah, sure did do that. Yeah, with Jackie. So, do you still talk to Jackie? Yeah, I just saw him. I was just in Shanghai at the Shanghai Film Festival, and uh, I enjoyed that. Me and my son went out there, and uh, he had a big stunt award show for all the stunt men he worked with all all his career, and it was a lot of them, a lot of great guys, a lot of guys I knew back from the first rush hour. And uh, so then I saw him in L.A., and we we're talking about you know seeing what else we could maybe do something else together again, and. Uh, yeah, I love seeing him because he always give you gifts. He always got something, you know, suitcase of stuff. Like, here, here, take this. Thank you, Jackie. Was his English fairly good? Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. You know, uh, he's, he's just a great, great guy, yeah. Because he's good. a really big star in China, like, as far as even, like, singing. Yeah. Wise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's huge. He's, like, he's the main, the main guy over there. Yeah, great singer, a mm. big singer over there, you know. Yeah, he he's does, like, a, like a superstar. Yeah, like, millions and million, billion people listen to one of his songs on the Internet. One, he told me about one time, and they was just, he's, <laughs> he's huge over there. I was wondering that because I was just looking earlier today at Rush Hour, and the box office, and the third one actually did more 
business than the first one did as far as overall box office. It's like, it seems to me that there would be plans or talks about doing a fourth one. Yeah, they, w- they want to do another one, and mm. we're talking about it, and, um, you know, uh, hopefully we can get it together because, uh, you know, we-, we work well together, good together, good chemistry together, and mm-hmm. so it'd be fun to do another one with him. So we'll, we'll see. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Excuse me, brother. What we call drugs is 74th Street Baptist Church. We call us sin is sin, sin. Well, around here, between Normandy and Weston, we call this here a little twin, twin, twin. Wow. Mega. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, about your relationship with Michael Jackson. When I was watching um, You Rock My World video and yeah. just kind of remembered about all that, it seems like you were pretty tight with, with Mike. Oh, yeah, Mike yeah. was, I mean, he was such a nice, generous person. He was just, you know, I met him... Uh, through a mutual friend, and then, um, you know, we met one time, and um, we met the first time we met, it was just uh, the best, because he was a fan of mine, and I was a huge fan of his, and he knew it, and because uh, all of my movies, you could tell I did, I do something Michael Jackson yeah, in the movie. Yeah, dancing like him, singing like him, Yeah, and I can't, I can't, and anytime his music come on, I can't, I gotta dance, I gotta do the Michael Jackson, I gotta do Michael Jackson dance. Get Just love me till you don't know how. Keep on to the four stars. Don't stop till you get enough. Keep on to the four stars. Don't stop till you get enough. Keep on to the four stars. So he was, he was just a great guy, great person. I thought he was, to be as big as he was, huge as he was, as you know, mega superstar, he, he really was a really kind, kind person, really kind to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just enjoyed hanging around, just being around him, man, growing up, you know, meeting your hero, like him Once and again. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, uh, it's just great, man. Where did you guys hang out? We hung out, you know, I've been, I went to Neverland a lot, because I love, Neverland was unbelievable. Tell this, us about this that. This place, man, was unbelievable. He had... Animals. He had tigers. Uh, what did he have? He had lions and elephants and zebras. And then he had go cars. He had Ferris wheels. He had the Yellow Brick Road. You know, I mean, it was everything. Movie theater, candy, all that. It was like another world. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and, and him being there is just makes it even more special. You know, uh, hanging out with him and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it was just it was just magical, man. He was just a great great person hanging around. So. How did the the Rock My World video come about? Michael uh, asked me to be in it. It was, uh, I think it was right after Rush Hour 2. He asked me to be in the, in the video, and I was like, I thought he was playing or something. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I want you to be in my video, Rock My World. And, uh, man, the first day, we had so much fun, and we was, his acting skills was incredible because mm. the improvisation, 
we just riffed the beginning. If you ever see the whole Rock My World video. Because it's got a big, long intro, right? Yeah, big, yeah. long intro. And we just had so much fun, man. I'm Me messing around with him. And as soon as I said something, he said something right back. And I said, man, we should have did a whole movie together. I wish we could have did a whole movie mm. together because he was such a I always wonder why actor. he didn't do a movie. It seemed yeah. like he would, that would be the logical progression for him. Yeah, he, well, he considered his, uh, his videos as movies, short, sure. short right, movies. But, and they, they were short movies. But, yeah, he, he wanted to. He, mm. he wanted to do movies because he could have. He was a great actor. So. Were you close with him even towards the end of his life as well? Yes, yes. Mm. I didn't see him as much because he was, he was busy. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. And then he lived out of the country for a while. But... Uh, we were definitely close, and whenever we talked, you know, it was just, uh, it was just great. You know, it was just good to hear, hear his voice, and and if I could meet up with him, that was even better. Mm-hmm. You know, I had Slash on the show, and he was telling me, like Michael was the consummate showman, always into the presentation, and obviously the the pomp and circumstance. Yeah. And they did a, I think it was in China or Japan or something like this, where Slash did the solo on Black and White, oh. and Michael said, "Don't stop playing." No matter what anybody says, you yeah. keep playing the solo. And there's a famous clip online where it looks like Slash is going off script and just won't stop playing. And Michael's yelling at him, telling him not to play. And they just shut the lights out and shut the whole show down. And that's like, <laughs> Slash was like, yeah, I had no idea. He just said, don't stop playing no matter what until I tell you to stop. And then wow. people were coming to tell him stop. But he was like pulling like a, a gag on the crowd. Yeah. But just for his own, like, this will be really cool if we do this. Yep. Yeah. Just, you know, I like that kind of his that show business element they had at all times. Yeah. Yeah. He's a genius. He's mm-hmm. definitely on another level in every way. So, yeah yeah. 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 So we're here in Atlanta, like we said, and, and this is the high school that you went to. You still live in Atlanta. Yeah. I moved back, uh, probably like I lived in LA 20, 25 years, something like that. I moved back home, um, mm-hmm. uh, three, four years ago. And uh, I love it. You know, my family's here, and uh, you know, I decided to come come back and uh, been, been enjoying it. Which is it. kind of strange, not strange, but most people go to LA, stay in LA. Yeah. What is it about Atlanta that made you want to come back here? You know, I mean, I could, tr- you know, these days you can travel, be in LA in mm-hmm. four hours and stuff like that. But you know, just family. I just wanted to spend more time with family. Something told me to come home, and also, you know, with my stand up, I can go anywhere in the you know world. Uh, from Atlanta and do my stand-up or in the country. So I just decided to come home, and then I go to L.A. when I need to. So So we're going to go today to uh, Camp Spotlight, which is... Tell me about it. It's like a, it's like a, like an art school, like like fame. Like I'm gonna live forever. Yes, yeah, sort of, sort of. It does a lot of things, but it's a performing arts school, and it's indicator where I'm from. And a lot of the kids, uh, we sponsor a lot of the kids, uh, 60 kids to go to the camp. Uh, 60 kids at the camp, and um, it's just uh, it teaches kids how to if you know they want to act or perform performing arts, and um, and also they want to do other stuff like makeup writing, um, different things like that, behind-the-scenes stuff, production stuff, and uh, if they want to be in the business. So we sponsor that for them to go go there, and then they have a big performance at the uh, end of the camp, and the parents come and see the show, and it's just like, it's, it's fantastic. So, yeah, all of them have headshots, so it takes them through the steps of, uh, you know, becoming an actor or whatever they want to do, direct or write. Mm-hmm. So first they get headshots, and uh, the foundation pays for that, and and other things, and um, yeah, it's just—it's just a great, uh, you know. It's—it's it's just for someone who has a dream of being an actor or entertainer to touch 
and to be in a, at a place that they can get closer to their dream like, um, like I did. You know, I had a dream here in high school when I found out what I wanted to do. And, uh, but, I, you know, if it wasn't for the Comedy Act Theater, this comedy club that opened up, as soon as I graduated in 1990, I graduated, and this comedy club opened up downtown Atlanta. And I was able to go to a real comedy club and perform, and that really uh, solidified, you know, um, you know, my uh, career because I got in. You know, I knew I could go from there and mm-hmm. and get information about going to LA uh, and keep and pursue my career. So this camp is is one of those things that um, you know uh, that I wish I had, but uh, thank God the comedy club opened up, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and I had that, and that took me to LA. So when you see these kids, you like, do you see yourself like when you were younger, like, oh my gosh, these kids, like this guy's good and this kid could be a dancer, like, oh yeah, yeah, they inspire I, you. I see it in their eyes, you know, the the ones who have the passion and the love, because I, you know, I had a passion for stand up and a passion for one day acting and stuff like that, and, and that's what it takes, you know, and dreaming, you know, mm-hmm. I dreamed about, you know, doing that. Uh, I dreamed about meeting Michael Jackson one day, and it happened. So <laughs> I know dreams do come true, and dreams are powerful. Dreamed about uh, working with Eddie Murphy and meeting him one day. And I did all that, everything I dreamed and even and beyond. So, I mean, dreams come true. So I see that in the kids' eyes, and I know that it's possible because it happened to me. And with passion and love and, and for what you're doing, you know, it's not money. It's not any of that stuff. It's just that, that the real wealth, the true wealth is that passion and, and that uh, love that you have for something in you. You're already rich if you got that and you're just pursuing your dreams. Great. That's true wealth. Great true wealth. Point. Yeah. yeah, like, like yeah. you said, like if there's money to be made, you want to make it. But... If you're doing anything for money, it's never real. That's right. It's secondary. It's, yeah. You know, I never thought about money before. I always thought about what's what's the next time I can get on stage? What's the next joke I can come up with to make people laugh? That made me feel better than any amount of money I ever made mm. or any car, any house and all that stuff. You know, going to the premiere of a movie, knowing you gave you all and knowing you was prepared and everybody's laughing in the theaters and you're like, oh, man, that, that feeling is no greater feeling and uh, no, no, no greater wealth than, than that feeling. Right. You know, would you would you ever do that? Like when a movie came out, let's say Rush Hour Two, would you ever like put a hat on and go in the back of the theater and sneak in? I did it all the time. I did it the first Rush Hour. I went in a theater, a twelve hundred seater in New York City, and it was I, I, it wasn't even no seats available. I had to sit in the aisle. And uh, this one guy said, would you move, move out the way, man? I'm trying to see Chris Tucker. And I was like, oh. <laughs> he was telling me to move out of the way to see me. And I was like, oh, man, this is cool. And they were laughing, and, they were, and the theater was packed out. It was no greater feeling. I do it all the time. And they had a screening of uh, 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 anniversary of Fridays two years ago, something like that. I went to that, and people was in there laughing. And I, you know, I had my hat down. And you know, the other night, I went to Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. They knew I was there, but... Uh, it was just, this is no greater feeling when they laugh and, you know, the whole time you're on the, on the screen. It was like, about time you came on the screen. So it was just, it's, it's, it's best. Were you ever, like, nervous? Like, oh, my God, I hope people think this is funny. Yeah, you know, you always want to know, if did I hit it right or did the timing right? Because you have to wait months later mm-hmm. to see if it, if it works. So you're always like, you're like, oh, I could have did that better. Or, oh, they didn't laugh as much at that. Or, or they blew up laughing on that. So you always, you know. Yeah. Critiquing, critiquing things. But so. when you when you film a movie, like it's like I've written some books. When you write a book and you rewrite it and, and you do another take or whatever it may be, after yeah. a while you're like, I don't even know if this is funny or not anymore. Because yeah. the first yeah. time you say it, yeah, it's fun. And then do it this way, try it this way, just take it this way, take it here, and you're like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I don't know, is this still good? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You always have some doubts, uh, and that's why I love working in the comedy clubs mm-hmm. for years because you kind of know what's funny and what's not and uh, the timing and all that stuff. You kind of, you did it so much in the comedy clubs and you 
prepare so much, you kind of know what to hit, what comedy beats to hit, mm. and you hope they work. Mm -hmm. And then when they work, oh man, it feels so good. You know? So you mentioned when you started the comedy club here, and how did you hone your act like for your style of comedy? Like, because you have to know who you are as a comedian, as an actor, as a musician, whatever. Did it take you a while to kind of figure out what Chris Tucker comedy was? Um, yeah, it took it took uh, years. You know, it took year, two years, uh, something like that. And then you see so much comedy. You see other comedians because uh, it's, it's a community for it, for sure. It's definitely a community because you know you see so many funny guys come through the comedy club. So many good guys, and they have different styles. They talk about different stuff. And then you you know you watch that, and then you say, okay, you know what what do I need to work on? What do I need to talk talk about? And then you get on stage, and then you work, and you get on the road, and you work. So you just get better and better because everybody else is so good, especially in the 90s. Everybody was good. So you mm. have to really pick up your game and really work hard. And you're working with great comedians on the road, so you got you to gotta make sure you're ready because they're mm -hmm. going to blow up the spot right before you get up there. And if, you don't, if you're not you know, ready, they're you know, they going to boo you because that guy just came on and was <laughs> incredible. It, yeah. So you got to really be uh, on top of your game. So. Who were some of the guys you mentioned in the 90s that were, like, that were your peers at the time that came up at the same time you did? Uh, Bernie Mac. Bernie oh, Mac was definitely uh, yeah. one that uh, was just uh, un unbelievable. Great comedian, great guy. And, uh, you know, he always headlined when I was on the show, thank God. So I didn't have to go <laughs> after him. And, uh, you know, Bill Bellamy, a lot of great, great comedians. Martin Lawrence was uh, a little bit, you know, already had kind of blew up before I came out there. But he, he was hosted. huge for wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was huge. He had a TV show, and he was hosting Def Jam. And I started, you know, I got my big break in Def Jam. Um, oh, and, uh, really? Yeah, I got discovered at the, this uh, competition, Black Bay Area competition in Oakland. Mm -hmm. I had just moved to L.A. in 92. It was and called the Black Bear. The Black Bear competition. Now, can you imagine uh, if there was the White Bear yeah, competition? Yeah, yeah, it would be a dimmy. All hell would break loose. <laughs> I was thinking but, about like BET if there was the White Entertainment. Television, I, know, I know. You'd be in big trouble. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So but you went to the Bay, the Black Bay area. Yeah, I went to the Black Bay area competition, and um, we uh, and I didn't. I get. I got disqualified because I didn't have enough time. You know. I had probably at that time like three or four minutes of good, really good material, and that took years to get. Oh wow! Uh, and so you I, had to go a certain amount of time. You had to go. I went to the next round, the second round. I, I made it through the first round, and then the second round you had to do like seven minutes or fifteen minutes, something like that. I got disqualified, but as soon as I got disqualified, you know, the uh, scout for Def, Def Comedy Jam, the producer, one of the producers, Bob Sumner, came backstage and said, "I want you on Def Jam. You got just enough time." To open up for Def Jam, and I, he's, I had like four or five minutes. I said, "Okay, cool." Mm -hmm. So I got disqualified for, for competition, but then I got a national, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, cable right. network, uh, you know, HBO yeah, yeah. Uh, show to do. So you know, it's all. I never won a competition in my life, but I always got, you know, I got the movie. If I didn't get the TV show, I got Fridays. If I didn't get um, the competition, I got Def Jam. So God would close one door to open mm -hmm. up a bigger door. So I'd have to say, uh, like you know, F you. Yeah. Black Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, they thing, they right? opened the door for me. Sure, though. sure, sure. You know, uh, if I wasn't if I wasn't there, you know, and that's one thing you know, always got to be there. You got to be in the comedy clubs. That's how I found out about Fridays. I was at Black Bay Area competition. I found you know, I got into Def. Mm -hmm. I got the Def Jam show. So I was always there, you know, because I was loving what I was doing. It wasn't for money. It was for you know right. just the passion for and the love. Passion, yeah. And uh, man, doors was just opening, and then you know everything else came after that. 
So you said it took years or a year or time, took a long time to get three or four minutes of good material. Yeah. How, yeah, like, how is it, you, are you trying jokes out and that one sucked, they'll drop it. Yeah. This one could be better, I need to shape it. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's exactly. It's like you, you're getting on stage and you're saying, uh, you, you know, if some stuff might not work. Some stuff works better, and then you get on stage something, you might say something else to lead you somewhere else, and it's just honing mm. it, and every night over the years you hone out material and stuff to talk about, and just, you know, it takes time, but, you know, now it's a little bit quicker, but back then it was definitely a So when you do stand-up now, how much, how much time do you do? Uh, on stage, uh, I'll do like 10, well, 15, 20 minutes if I go just hop into, on a, on a comedy uh, yeah, yeah. club, but on stage, I do like an hour 20 at the most hour. That's a long time. That's a, yeah. That's a yeah. long time to have to be funny. Yeah, yeah. I try to keep it just at an hour, just mm-hmm. an hour. But yeah, when I'm doing my shows uh, in the theaters and around the uh, country, uh, it's an hour. I try to do an hour show. And then I have a, like an opening act for does like mm-hmm. 15, 20 minutes. And then I do an hour and that's it. But yeah. if I'm really rolling out do hour 20, something like that. So you have like kind of a skeleton of ideas. Okay, I'm going to go to this one, then I'll go to that one, but then you fill it in yeah. with whatever is going on. Yeah, yeah, I have like a structure and um, and then I'll, you know, whatever's going on in the world and, uh, or, you know, whatever mm. I want to talk about. But I have a, I have a set set uh, show yeah, that I want to do. The yeah. topics and the points that you want to go to. Because yeah. yeah. it's funny you mentioned you, like in uh, kind of doing Michael Jackson imitations and that sort of thing. Like in Rush Hour, you sing don't stop to get enough and it's like really good like do you yeah. do that sort of stuff too do you do imitations sometimes oh yeah definitely definitely and do that and then talk about uh you know me and michael you know uh be hanging out or mm-hmm. something like that and um i definitely do imitations of bill clinton going to africa with bill clinton i do a little bit of his voice i do like tucker so good to see you good to see you god bless you god bless america you know <laughs> I, yeah, I got a few few, few impressions. <laughs> that was great, man. And so you went to Africa with Bill Clinton. I went to Africa with Bill Clinton. I did some great trips. Uh, As you do. How did this yeah. come across? Oh man, it was. Uh, I met him years ago. Uh, Jesse Jackson introduced me to him mm-hmm. when he was president, and we became, you know, uh, went on some great trips with him and became friends with him. And uh, it was just, uh, it was great, man. I mean, he was unbelievable. I mean, were you guys over there doing like like humanitarian stuff? Work? You know, that's that's what. Um, Really wanted, you know, I wanted, made me want to do stuff and help people any way I could because uh, I was going on these great trips with Bono, um, and we went with Bill Clinton. <laughs> Let me just and, throw that uh, Bono. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was this great man. Oprah Winfrey opened up a school in South Africa, Colin Powell, and then my mom's was like, "Why don't you start your own foundation? Why don't you do some stuff too?" So I said, "Yeah, you're right," because I saw so much and it it broadened my perspective of you know what's sure. going on around the world, you know. You know, going to countries where people don't have clean water because uh, an animal died in the water supply or, you know, just so much, so much sickness or going into the orphanage full of babies with HIV or Mm. AIDS. And, uh, you know, it just brought my perspective of, man, there's so much need to be done and could be done just showing up, you know, uh, in the world. So that really changed me in a good way. To yeah, want to sure, do, sure. do something, you know. So when you went to, like, there's a couple things that you said I want to go back to, but when you say you went to Africa with Bill, are you going there to do, like, you, are you doing a show? Or are you just kind of, here's Chris Tucker and Bill, and you're going to a school to, you know, say yeah. hi to the kids? Or Yeah, I was, we, we, I was with, with Bill Clinton, we was going to a few countries for, you know, his foundation. I think he was just getting ready to start doing the Clinton Global Initiative. Mm-hmm. And he was, and that was for getting... Uh, affordable uh, HIV pills for people in um, a lot of people in Africa around mm-hmm. the world too and in the Caribbeans all over uh, he started that uh, 
you know, trying to get it uh, affordable mm-hmm. back then and save so many lives. And then Bono, I think, was the same, uh, forgiving the debt uh, of uh, all these countries in Africa and all around the world that, that owed us money, forgiving that debt and then giving them money so they can afford, uh, you know, drugs, uh, anything they needed, like uh, mosquito nets and stuff mm. like that. So I was on these great trips and these big, you know, um, uh, uh, things, you know, help saving a lot of lives. So mm-hmm. it was great. But you're you're there just kind of like like I guess I'm asking when you go out to Africa and you go to a certain area, it's just to basically shake hands and create awareness. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I was I mean I was a part of it, you know, in a way of, of learning and also showing the support of what they were doing and, and supporting it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so with Bono, we traveled to Ethiopia, Uganda, um, Luanda. I would, President Clinton was in Luanda and a few other places, and uh, just there learning and this, you know, every place is not like America, you know. Every place don't don't have it as good yeah, uh, yeah. As, as we do in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, so yeah, man, I learned a lot. So that made me want to do more. Start here, you know, at home, and then you know do more eventually. It's it's interesting. I was in India about ten years ago. And I'll never forget. Like as we're driving down the road, and it's you know typical third world country. It's super packed with all these ramshackle vehicles. And yeah. standing in the median was I'll never forget, a baby with a diaper on by by himself, just standing there. Like, whose baby is this? And, and yeah. cars are driving, and it's just, you, you see images like that, and you're like, oh, my gosh. And you said, like, thank God we live in America when you see those type of images, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, you, you see stuff that, you, you know, you, you really, really uh, takes you back, uh, and it changes you. Mm-hmm. It changes you uh, in, a, in a good way, I think. You mm-hmm. know, you, 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 um, you appreciate, you know, what we have here in this country. And then also, you, you say, you know, if, you know, if I got it this good, if we, we could help, we could help mm-hmm. somebody. And we all need help. We all need help. We all are, are, are vulnerable. Uh, so, you know, from our, you know, think God for our families first and then, you know, schools and teachers. And, you know, we had so much help along the way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's great to try to help others. Because yeah, yeah. in the same time, you're helping yourself because you learn so much. When you go to, like, Africa with Bono, is it like, are you on a list of celebrities that, like, oh, Chris is open to it? Or is he calling you saying, come with me to Ethiopia? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like Kevin Spacey was on one trip, and we were both doing impressions of Bill Clinton. We took our took turns doing it in each country in Africa. Yeah, and, that's uh, a bit you yeah, need to do. You yeah. need to do Kevin Spacey doing Bill Clinton. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. I think he came up with that big idea before his show, uh, House of Cards. Was it? Not House of Cards. House of Cards, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, that was before he did that show, and then next thing you know, he, he, he came, came up, up with, with that, that one. From and there. It was, uh, you know. When you go there, do people speak English? At all? Oh, yeah. South Africa, we went. They definitely English. All, all over Africa, they speak English. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so, yeah. It's just amazing, that, like you said, with, like, the HIV pills and stuff, just how rampant. I don't yeah. think people here understand, like, how bad it is yeah. in Africa. Yeah. Because HIV in the States is almost, like, under control at this point. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. not there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, back then, it, it was, you know, it's come a long way now. People, uh, you know, have the... Uh, the medication now, have the pills now to uh, to live longer and mm. to to live with HIV and stuff. But back then they didn't have it. They was they were so high. The uh, pharmaceutical companies were so high. The prices were so high, and that's what one of the things Bill Clinton wanted to, to lower that and mm-hmm. then get money to buy those and, and get those all around the the uh, you know Africa and all over the world wherever they needed to go. So that made a big difference then. Oh yeah, he saved the. the it definitely saved a lot of lives. A lot of mm. lives and. 
A lot of people, uh, you know, helped, so it was great. When you mentioned Oprah as well, what'd you do with her? Oh, she opened up, Oprah Winfrey opened up a school in Africa. I was there, South Africa. It was so beautiful. All these, a girls' school. I mean, it was all these young girls, and a lot of them I see to this day. Sometimes I see with, see see them with her. They go to schools all over America, go to, to, to Howard and go to Spelman, and they go to Harvard and all over. So she really, uh, she's, she's really a special person. And I remember being at the school when they were young girls, and all these, they're grown women now. Sometimes mm. I see them, you know, and uh, she, you know, she changed lives. She's changing lives, so it's great. Chris, I've got a school. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. It's done. We did it. <laughs> like, you sure did. And it was a good party, too. We were over there, so she threw a good birthday party one time. I think that was separate from the school. Yeah, birthday party. Over the, for over you? The great parties. No, not for oh, me. It for was her. just for everybody. Gotcha. So, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned the Chris Tucker Foundation. We're talking about the, the camp spot. What are some of the other, the other uh, I guess, charities that you support with the foundation? Oh, you know, we do a homeless ministry with my church here in Atlanta. We do homeless ministry. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, then we do Boys and Girls Club. And um, then we do scholarships for kids who, who want to go to college who can't, might need a little help. Uh, and we, we try to pro- provide that and get them in school uh, all over all over wherever they want to go, we try to help, you know, each year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, a, yeah, it's a, a, you have a lot of different um, arms in, inside of this foundation, a lot of different places that yes. you help and work with? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. You know, we people always asking us, in, and anything, we might see something on the news, and uh, we'll do something for for the, for, for that, you know, uh, so whatever, wherever we can. And, uh, I, you know, I try to get as much money as I can from friends and whoever, golf tournaments, and we have a golf tournament coming up August 26th, and, all my friends come, a lot of celebrities and um, a lot of corporate, a lot of businesses, corporations come and play. We, we raise money that way too, and um, yeah, we try to keep it going. Who's, who's uh, some good golfers that you wouldn't expect to be? Oh man, it's so, all the athletes are pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard came last year. He's a good golfer, and um, man, um, ah man, so many great ones. Dominique Wilkerson, uh, oh man, Marcus Allen, and so many great ones coming. We're trying to get a lot of uh, people to come this year too. Ray Allen and so many great guys. Like you said, all those athletes are always good. Oh, they're all good. Ken Griffey Jr. is great. I heard he's a great golfer. And uh, Bo Jackson, I went to his golf tournament this year. He's a great golfer. I mean, these guys hit it a mile, mile away. So, Are you good? I'm okay. Yeah. I'm all right. No. I'm, I'm a stretch golfer. Yeah. I stretch a lot when I'm on the course. I'm a little stress. <laughs> now, I just like to have fun, so yeah. it's good. Well, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, yeah. I, just, I love the game. I really, I like to get out in the world, you know, get out in the... The woods. I hit my ball in the woods for a reason. I like to go in the woods and search for the ball sure, and just get yeah, one yeah. with nature. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to hit it straight all the no, time. That's boring. Hole in ones for hole in ones is for chumps. Yeah. I like to hit it off the rock and bounce back. And I do that on purpose. You know, what's good it, at hitting it, in the water. I hit it. I hit all. I like to hear that. I like. <laughs> I like to hear that. That's why I do that. People, I, I almost said I shot out a <laughs> snot rocket on that one. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it, man. I used to skip rocks. And I, da, da, da. Sploosh. No. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, I mean, that, and that's, and all that's important because it seems to me like looking at your career bio and you did movie after movie after movie, and now you're picking your spots, like Silver Lining Playbook was huge, mm-hmm. but then it's like it was a couple of years before you do the next movie. Is that kind of your mindset now? It's not so much about work, work, yeah. work, work? Yeah, definitely. It's not... To me, it's like I'm I'm busy all the time. I'm doing either stand-up comedy or, you know, something with the foundation. Mm-hmm. And I'm traveling all around the world. So I'm always doing something, always busy. But, uh, you know, I still love movies. And uh, we got a lot of stuff, you know, I'm producing and writing some stuff now. So that'll be coming out, you know, hopefully soon. And uh, so, but I'm always staying busy and 
creative and doing stuff that you know I want to do. So it's great. Mm -hmm. Which is good. It's a good place to be where you can kind of pick and choose and do what yeah. you want to do. Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, you know, you, you just and growing as a person, I think I've grown up. You know, gr grew a lot. You know, as uh, you know, when I was a kid, I started in the business to now. Uh, so it's just a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Just the last few questions. Who do you like nowadays uh, that are great stand-up comedians that you think are, are quite funny? Oh, I love Dave Chappelle. I think mm. he's funny. Uh, Chris he, Rock. I think did, he's did Dave just kind of is he back now? Is he gone? Oh, he's back. Yeah, uh, Dave got got a special now on Netflix. Two specials, and I think he got another one coming. He's you know so he's back doing you know doing his stand-up and um, you know all it's a lot of great guys out there. So, you see Chris yeah. Rock. Yeah, Chris Rock is funny and great. You know, it's a lot of great peers, so many of them, so mm -hmm. it's great, yeah. It really is all in delivery, too, right? Like, if you yeah. read a joke on paper, like a Chris Rock joke, yeah. it's not funny, but his delivery of it... It's all about, yeah, it's all work. about delivery, you know, mm -hmm. and that, that, you know, that's like working in the comedy clubs constantly and, you know, getting it to, you know, telemaking tele it, that joke, and getting it right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, it's, yeah, delivery, it's like, you know, what you say, how you say it, so, yeah. Are you watching stuff, like, like for material... Do you see something? Oh, that could be funny, or like, how do like? It's the stupid question. Where do you get your material from? But are, oh. do you do you get it from just life? Yeah, I get it from, from life. Mm -hmm. You know, everyday life. You know, uh, pretty much. I I said, man, you know, I want to talk about that. I'm gonna talk about that. That happened to me. You know, or, or I I experienced that. So I, I get a lot of everyday life stuff. Mm -hmm. Some stuff I see, I might, you know, find something funny in it, and I say, oh, I'm gonna talk about that or something like that. But yeah, it just comes natural. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a natural, natural funny guy. Oh, thank From you. From the class clown here yeah. at yeah. Columbia High School. Yeah, that's where it all started, right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, uh, what's your favorite Michael Jackson song? All of them. I yeah. love all of them. I mean, anything Michael. Thriller, I love all of them, yeah. It's funny, we, were go we had a debate on my podcast to go, like, is there such thing as a perfect album? Yeah. And we went through a bunch of different albums. And there's always one off song that's kind of not great. But yeah, Off the Wall and Thriller. Think, yeah. The Lady in My Life is maybe not great, the last song on Thriller. Oh, that's a beautiful song. But I it's love still, that like, to me, that's, that's the one that might not be great, but it's still an A song. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's great. Rest are A pluses, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. So do you remember where, where you were when you heard that Michael passed, and how did his, his, uh, his death affect you? I was here. I was here in Atlanta when I heard he passed, and uh, yeah, it was like it was like a brother passing. Mm -hmm. I think uh, it was it was close close to a brother mm -hmm. passing. You know, it, uh, you know, because he was an idol, hero, and um, you know, somebody I looked up to from a little kid, and somebody you know you felt like you knew because uh, he was a part of my life. You know, as long as I can remember, and everybody's life. So mm -hmm. I think it was uh, it was definitely uh, you know sad. It was mm -hmm. definitely sad, and he's definitely. I knew I would you know you definitely be he. Definitely, I would definitely miss him. But you know, his music being played every day, and um, you know, you see, you know, he's living. He'll, he'll his be legacy forever. lives on. Yeah, his legacy definitely lives. The on, biggest you know. drag, not the biggest drag. Obviously, I never met him personally, but from a fan standpoint, I wish he could have done one of those shows, just one at the O2. Yeah, yeah, that would have been great. I was, yeah, I was looking forward to trying to get out there to check yeah, him out. Yeah, because when you see the This Is It documentary, every song had a huge production piece to it. Yeah, yeah, whatever it may be, and I was like, oh. Just yeah. one show would have been great just to see what he was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy watching This Is It because he shows so many different sides of himself, his business side and, and uh, you know, and then everything else, his work ethic, how hard he worked and stuff like that. So I, th I thought that was just great to see. I loved, uh, I still use the quote, it's like somebody screws up and it's like, that's okay, that's why we're rehearsing. Yeah. That's why it's called that's rehearsal. That's right. That's right. You can it's up, it's okay. It's that's right. It's rehearsal. <laughs> 
So I wear hers. That's good. <laughs> yeah. you, you can do good Michael Jackson <laughs> talking wise too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Chris, with all the great parts that you've played, is there is there like a dream role, uh, a part, or somebody that you wish you could play? I w you know, I wish I could play Michael Jackson, but I don't know if I could do it because he's such a, a a big iconic figure, and uh, but he would be somebody. You know, mm. if anybody, I would say that would be if I could do that, that would be great. But you know, that's that, just forfeit. But the thing too with with, with Michael, like you did a, a great imitation of his voice, soft spoken, but there is a little bit of a of a Midwestern accent to it as well, because that's where he's yeah. obviously from Indiana, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you you have yeah. that down. Yeah, yeah, and it says you know it's uh, you know it show a different side of his you know his business side and his. Uh, his perfectionist, there's a lot uh, I, I think it could be done in a movie showing his uh, brilliance and his... Uh, did you his ever genius. do a Michael Jackson impression for Michael Jackson? I think I did. I think he probably laughed at me or something or something. I probably... I, I don't think so. No, I was too scared too to scared. do it. But, uh, but I've done it on stage. He's seen me do it on stage, though, in Def Jam comedy and stuff like that. So he's seen So me. what kind of a bit would you do on, in Def Jam comedy of Michael Jackson? Well, well, well when I did that, that was 92... And I and I had a bit about what if Michael Jackson was a pimp, and then I went on and on him him and Tito riding in the car, and he was like, "Slow down, Tito, slow down, Tito, damn!" And then it goes into he getting out and all that stuff. So yeah, I had a little bit. And, and, he's seeing the the the, the, the chicks I, on the side of the yeah, street. Yeah, yeah, he's seeing and seeing the chick, and he wanted to get his money from the girl. So this was. <laughs> So it was funny. I think he saw that one probably back in the day or something. I do one impression. The drummer from Metallica, Lars. Oh, yeah. And I do it for him sometimes if we've been drinking. And he looks at me like I'm insane. I'm like, dude, you sound like this. You do know you sound like this. Like, What's going on, Chris? It's good to see you, man. It's cool. Nice watch you have on there. And he's like, I don't sound like that. You do sound like that. <laughs> you don't want to admit it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Damn, Tito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And last question for you: um, What's your favorite role that you've played? I got my I, I say Fridays because uh, that was one of my that my first one of my first leading co-leading roles with Ice Cube, and like I said, I was prepared for it, I was ready, and that kind of spring aborted me to whatever else I wanted to do. You know, um, you know, with the, it springboarded me to the rush hour. So mm -hmm. I would say Fridays. Do you still like when you when you look at parts for acting? Are you looking to try and do more drama? Or is it still, do you love the good old-fashioned comedies? I like both. I like mm -hmm. both because I started out, you know, doing, I did Fridays and then I did Dead Presidents. That was dr dramatic, Dead Presidents. So I, I think I could do both. I can mix them mm -hmm. together. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing, doing both, do some dramatic stuff, be funny in a dramatic movie, be dramatic, or just be straight out funny. Be like dramatic in a funny movie or be funny in a dramatic movie? Yeah, do it all, That's you it, know. Man. Just be myself, yeah. I got one last question, just one last question. We were talking about Rush Hour, and obviously the big catchphrase was, do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you, when you, like, does the studio pick these clips out, or do you know when you say that that it's going to be a big thing, or like? It's, you know, um, that's something that I just, when I start, when I get the character, and I know, um, you know, the way, the direction I'm going to take it, I just come up with certain things that I'm like, uh, this is what I would say, uh, this is what I want to say right here. This is what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And whatever I'm feeling, then the words come after that. You but, know? Do you, but do you, like, like uh, are you surprised sometimes when something like that, just a random thing that you say becomes like a, a catchphrase? Yeah, I am, but I kind of knew, uh, yeah, because you, you don't know. You just right. know that it might be funny. Uh, and But other than that, um, I don't know what's going to happen after mm -hmm. that. Because that one I knew that that was like, 
you know, I'm pissed off. I'm, I'm about to work with this guy that I don't want to work with. And I don't even think he speaks English. You know, this is what I'm thinking. So first, and, I'm, and I don't care if he, he knows I'm thinking this. Right, right, so right. So uh, first thing I say to him, do, do, you, do you speak English? Because I need to know that right away. Because if you don't, you know, it's, I'm, I'm pissed off. Right, right, right. So, yeah, it's just part of, uh, you know, just comes, comes out, you know. It's like that in wrestling sometimes. I'll say something that becomes a big catchphrase, like T-shirts and signs. And they're selling all of this different merchandise on this stupid thing that I said just as a throwaway. Yeah. You just never know what people are going to respond to. Yeah, you never know. You yeah. really don't. You don't. You just, you just make, you know, yeah, you just try to put some good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Instead of analyzing it, just enjoy it. You know, if that's what you want to, you want to talk and impre- do an impression of me saying that, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah, that's good. All right, dude. Well, let's go. Uh, let's go talk to some kids. Let's do it. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. I'm Detective Carter. Do you speak any English? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? All right, Chris Tucker's Celebrity Golf Classic is coming up August 25th at Stone Mountain, just outside Atlanta, Georgia. Go to ChrisTuckerFoundation.org for all the details and see how you can be a part of it. And check out Chris Tucker's new stand-up special, Chris Tucker Live. It's been a long time coming. It's streaming now on Netflix, and it's hilarious. I mean, Chris Tucker, man, uh, he really turns it up in concert. He's still doing stand-up. If you want to see him live, follow him on the Twitter at Chris Tucker Real. All right. You hear the words? that come out of my mouth. I love that line. And the comedy continues on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at sea. Brad Williams, Ron Funches, uh, Sal and Brian. What is it? No, Q. Sal and Q from Impractical Jokers are going to be there. Uh, and of course, Craig Gass. All of them talk as Jericho alumni. All hilarious guys. You're going to be laughing your butt off. And there's still cabins available at Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at sea at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. And listen, there's still cabins available, but I'm telling you, we're about to ramp it up. You know who's going to be on on the cruise now we're going to tell you some stuff of what they're going to be doing i got actually even some more additions there's going to be some crazy stuff coming up a huge main event match that i know about that you don't know about uh, you want to book it now chrisjerichocruise.com and for as low as 150 bucks you can hold your cabin and once you book remember everything is all inclusive all the live wrestling matches live podcasts live stand-up comedy all the rock and roll concerts all for free meet and greets pictures autographs all that stuff is all inclusive go to chrisjerichocruise.com to find out the entire lineup you know who's going to be there uh, so many great great huge huge names hall of famers like jim ross jerry the king lawler mick foley ricky the dragon steamboat raven uh, ray mysterio killing the town live keeping it 100 live beyond the darkness live uh fozzy is going to be playing we got two top 10 singles from the judas record so thank you so much for that painless it made it all the way to number seven after judas made it to number five Corey taylor is going to be playing uh we got blizzard of ozzy the world's greatest uh, ozzy tribute band of course ring of honor presenting the sea of honor tournament winner gets a world title championship match later in the future kenny omega is going to be there the young bucks marty Skrull, cody the entire adam page the entire bullet club plus the briscoe brothers uh christopher daniels and frankie kazarian jay lethal uh flip gordon the dogs are going to be there and we got brandy Rhodes. Oh, we got melissa santos we got mandy leon we got kelly klein we got some beautiful girls coming on board they can wrestle and kick some ass as well so don't you dare miss it go to chris jericho cruise.com now and book your cabin you got it thank you so much hey listen i want you guys to have a great weekend and when we come back next week on wednesday 
Wade Barrett, Stu Bennett, my old protege from the NXT days. He's got a, a new movie out coming out called Vengeance. Wade Barrett is coming back. We're going to talk about all the great times we had in WWE. He's a hilarious guy. You are going to love it. But in the meantime, in between time, have a great weekend. Stay hungry. Stay hard. Peace, love, and hugs. And a big yeah, boy. We'll see you soon. Yeah, I got your money. And I don't appreciate you sending your punk-ass, bust-ass, jerry-curl-ass friends to shoot at me and my homies. They like to got dealt with. I was just bullshitting. And you know this, man.